Saweta discipuli discipulaeque linguae latinae. Mihi walde placet vos pulcram linguam latinam aeternam docere. I'm very happy to have another chance to speak with you and explore the beautiful and eternal Latin language. In the last three lessons, we concentrated on verbs, and with good reason. Verbs are where sentences happen. By now, I'm sure you know the personal, active endings of the Latin verb by heart. I'll wait a moment while you recite them. ORM, ST, MUS, TIS, NT. Yes, ORM, ST, MUS, TIS, NT. Six simple endings, and we know whether I, you, he, she, it, we, y'all, or they do the verb. And if we change the vowel in front of the ending from I or you to long A, we change the mood from indicative to subjunctive. And for the irregular verb sum, and for the irregular verb possum, we saw that the subjunctive vowel was an I. Verbs are central, but there is more to the world than action. There are more parts of speech than verbs, infinitives, and conjunctions. I've already introduced a few nouns and adjectives. I just didn't mention that I'd slipped in unfamiliar parts of speech. Mea culpa, ignosca mihi, please forgive me. I aim to make amends in this lesson. We are going to dive into nouns and parse them as you have never parsed them before. What is a noun? A person, a place, a thing. Nouns can be subjects or objects of verbs. They can be used with prepositions and adverbial phrases. They can express the means by which an action is accomplished. They can show possession, i.e., who owns what. Our, ling our, our linguistic world becomes much richer with the addition of nouns, and Latin has an effective system to organize their syntax. That is, the grammatical relations with other words in sentences, phrases, and clauses. How do Latin nouns do all these things? Is it magic? Well, in a way, yes. If you recall, Latin is a highly inflected language. Latin changes the endings of words to indicate how those words relate to other words in the sentence. When we put endings on verbs, we call the process conjugation. When we put endings on nouns and adjectives, we call it declension. We conjugate verbs, we decline nouns and adjectives. And today, we will learn the declension of the largest class of nouns in the Latin language. We traditionally call this set of noun endings the third declension, because students traditionally learned the third declension after two other declensions. But, as this declension is the most common of Latin declensions, we're going to start with the third and most important declension. Why wait for the best when you can have it right away? And, if you learn this declension first, the others will be easier. But I delay and you are eager to get to grips with the third declension. 
Let me list the endings that you will have to memorize. Yes, memorize, and I know you can do it. The first ending actually doesn't exist. There is no first ending, so we say blank. Blank because the first form of nouns of this class vary. So there's no ending per se. Credit me, trust me, please say blank to hold the place. Blank is e m e es um ibus es ibus. If you counted, you will realize that I recited ten endings. The first five were singular, and the second five were plural. Let's take a good Roman example, miles, which means soldier. Miles is the first form, which we call nominative. The word nominative derives from the Latin word nomen, meaning name. Nomen mihi est Molinarius. Molinarius is my name. This is the form, or case, as we call it, in which we name or identify a word. What is the name for a soldier? The nomen, the nominative, is miles in Latin. It is also the form of it is also the form a word takes when it serves as a subject or doer of a verb. In order for a Latin speaker to know that a noun was meant to serve as the subject of a verb, the noun had to be in the nominative case. Miles potest dicere. The soldier is able to speak. I can parse or construe the soldier as the subject of potest because miles is nominative. The second form of the noun is called genitive, and the genitive is the most crucial form of the word if one aims to apply the other endings correctly. This is true for reasons that will soon become obvious. In the genitive, miles becomes militis, or of the soldier. Miles itself has no ending, and militis has the ending is which we translate as the equivalent of our preposition of. Legio in Latin means legion. So I might say something like legio militis, the legion of the soldier or the soldier's legion. The is ending is on the end of the is ending that is on the end of soldier tells me that the legion belongs to the soldier. We say that the genitive ending or case shows possession. Militis legio, the soldier's legion. But the genitive also shows us something absolutely essential about the noun. It is the genitive case where we can determine what the stem or base of the noun might be, and we need that base before we can apply the rest of the endings. If we take our genitive soldier, which is militis, and chop off that is, which, as I've told you, is the genitive ending, can you find the base or stem? Militis minus is yields milit. And milit, as the stem, is the form that comes into English when we borrow words from Latin. We have in English a soldiery or a military, not a millary. If you settle for the nominative, you'll get the wrong stem, and every other form will be incorrect. All nouns, when they're listed in a dictionary, are listed first in the nominative and then in the genitive singular. 
you'll need both. And you'll need to be able to identify the genitive ending so that you can remove it to obtain the noun's base or stem. Okay. So far, so good. Nominative miles, genitive miletis. The word genitive derives from a word meaning generate. You can think of the genitive as the source, the origin. The next case is dative. Think donation. It's the case that's used for giving a direct object to an indirect object. Caesar gives the money to the soldier. Caesar is the subject. He does the giving. The money is the direct object. Caesar gives the money. The soldier is the indirect object because although Caesar does not perform the action of giving directly upon the soldier, the soldier is indirectly involved in the action because after Caesar performs the action of giving upon the money, the soldier has that money, which he did not have before Caesar performed the action. We call the soldier's relation to the verb indirect. So the soldier is the indirect object of the verb give, and in Latin, how do we signal that a noun serves as an indirect object? We put that noun in the dative case. And to put that noun in the dative case, we put the ending I on the stem, a long I, which we pronounce E. So, again, first we find the base, which still remains milit, and then we add that long I to the base, militi. Let us review. Nominative soldier, miles. Genitive of the soldier, militis. Dative, to or for the soldier, militi. And our next case is the accusative, the case of the direct object. Caesar hates the soldier. In this sentence, the soldier is the direct object because Caesar directs his hatred, he performs the action of hating on the soldier directly. Caesar militem odit. Odit is related to the word in English odious and means hate. Again, Caesar militem odit. Can we reverse engineer militem and determine what the ending is for the direct object? i.e. id est, the accusative case. What is the base of the noun? Milet. Can you tell me what the accusative ending is? M. Let's take stock. Nominative miles, the soldier, verbs, or performs the action of a verb. Genitive militis, of the soldier. Dative militi, to or for the soldier. Accusative militem, verb the soldier. Perform the action of a verb upon the soldier. And finally, one more case that matters, the ablative. Literally, the word means carried away and describes, metaphorically, the form carried away farthest from the original nominative. It's not a great name. But it also helps explain the words case and declension. The word case derives from the verb cado, cadere, cacidi, casus, 
which means fall. A case is how things fall out. The noun is conceived of as falling away from its original form. This is also the metaphor of the word declension. The noun declines or leans away from its nominative and then falls into a case. You can see why people fall in love with Latin. It's written into the code. But to return to the ablative, despite its distance from the nominative, it's not hard to form. Take the stem, in this case again, milit, and add the letter e, which we pronounce as a short e, milite, by, with, or from the soldier. The ablative case has many uses and can thus be translated in many ways. Hence the prepositions, by, with, or from. And that's only a start. Caesar cumilita bibit. Caesar drinks with the soldier. The soldier is ablative for two reasons. The preposition cum, which means with, is associated with or governs the ablative case. The ablative is used to indicate who accompanies Caesar and is thus called the ablative of accompaniment to distinguish it from other uses of the ablative. But don't worry about the technical terminology. We will review these things many times. Let us take stock now instead of where we are. Nominative, miles, the soldier verbs. Genitive, militis, of the soldier. Dative, militi, to or for the soldier. Accusative, verb the soldier, militem. Ablative, milite, by, with, or from the soldier. So much for the singular. Let's take a look at the plural, where we can have the same fun all over again. Nominative, milites, the soldier's verb. Genitive, militum, of the soldiers. Dative, militibus, to or for the soldiers. Accusative, milites, verb the soldiers. Ablative, militibus, by, with, or from the soldiers. Let's decline soldier form by form. Please repeat after me. Miles, militis, militi, militem, milite, and now in the plural. Milites, militum, militibus, milites, militibus. And the endings in the singular were, please repeat the five singular endings after me. Blank is e m e. And now the plural. Es um ibus es ibus. Let's decline another word. Lux is a feminine word that you have seen before. It means light or equal opportunity. The soldier was masculine, light is feminine. By the way, nouns have grammatical gender, not biological sex. Sometimes gender and sex correspond, as for our Roman soldier, but more often than not, the gender of a Latin noun has nothing to do with sex.
The genitive of Lukes, L-U-X, is Lucas, L-U-C-I-S. If we remove the genitive ending, which is the same is we saw before, what is the base of the word Lukes? If you said Luke, L-U-C, you were correct. And again, the nominative, L-U-X, would have led you astray. Let's decline and then translate. Lukes, the light verbs. Lucas, of the light. Luki, to or for the light. Lucan, verb the light. Luke, by, with, or from the light. And in the plural, Lucas, the lights, verb. Lucum, of the lights. Lucibus, to or for the lights. Lucas, verb the lights. Lucibus, by, with, or from the lights. Now, some of you may be wondering how we can tell the nominative Lucas from the accusative Lucas and the dative Lucibus from the ablative Lucibus if they look and sound exactly the same. Context, amiki amikaikwe. Here's an example. Lucas mensem faciunt. The lights, Lucas, i.e. daylights or days, make faciunt a month, mensem. How do we know that the days make a month and that it is not the month that makes the days? There are several clues. Let us parse the sentence, Lucas, nominative or accusative plural, subject or direct object. Mensem, accusative singular, direct object. No other choice. Faciunt, third person plural, present tense indicative verb. Faciunt requires a plural subject. It ends in NT. The only available candidate is the word Lucas. Mensem is accusative. Again, so it has to be the direct object, thus leaving Lucas available to serve as the subject. The easiest, actually the only path to a meaningful sentence is to read Lucas as the nominative subject. The days make a month. Lucas mensem faciunt. Veritas, Harvard's motto, means truth. The final codification of Roman law under the Emperor Justinian is known as the Digest of Roman Law, and it has the following phrase, which we have simplified here for the purpose of illustration. Veritas in lucem emergit. The truth emerges into light, or the truth comes to light in the end. Here, veritas is the nominative subject of the verb emergit, which is singular. It ends in a T. And lucem is accusative after the preposition in for reasons that I don't want to explain in detail, except to say prepositions can be used with either the accusative or ablative, and there are reasons for one or the other. Here, however, is an example where we find light as a bona fide direct object. Veritas lucem non refugit. Truth does not flee the light, or literally, truth, light, not flees. Truth, not flees light, Latin is pithy. A decent English translation, however, requires some filling in. 
the truth does not flee the light. And please, always, feel free to fill in definite and indefinite articles, the, a, or an, wherever they make sense. We need them. Latin does not. Latin does not use them. They do not exist in Latin. Latin just says, veritas lucem non refugit, truth, light, not fleas. Great Latin, questionable English. As long as we're on the topic of truth, you may recall that Pontius Pilate reportedly asked a then-obscure but now famous defendant, quid, what? Quid est veritas, what is truth? Although Pontius Pilate was a Roman procurator, the philosophical jest is preserved in ancient Greek, the administrative language of the East, as T. Estin Aletheia. Romans of the ruling class were bilingual, and Latin students will today thus encounter a fair bit of Greek in their Roman studies. We will soon conclude um, with a provincial view of Roman administration, but let us review and drill the masculine endings of the third declension. Your instructor, Molinarius, will, in their proper order, name the cases and their uses, pausing after each in succession. In these pauses, you, whether discipulus or discipula, should pronounce out loud the corresponding third declension ending. Nominative, singular, subject, doer of verb. Your answer for an ending? Blank. Ready for the next one? Genitive singular, shows possession, translated with of. Is. Dative singular, indirect objects, two or four. Long I, pronounced E. Accusative singular, direct object, receives the action of the verb. M. Ablative singular, many uses often translated as by, with, or from, eh. And in the plural, nominative plural, subject, doers of the verb, ace. Genitive plural shows possession, translated with, again, of, um. Dative plural, indirect objects, two or four, ibus. Accusative plural, direct object, receives the action of the verb. Ace. And finally, ablative plural, many uses, often translated as by, with, or from. Ibus. It is crucial to memorize these endings. Please take the time to practice them. And choral chant is a time-tested method. Please repeat after me and take the time to do this again, and again, and again, with or without me. Please, feel free, put me on a loop, I never get tired of declining endings. Uh, please repeat after me now. Blank is e m e. Ace um, ibus ace ibus. Again. Blank is e m e. Ace um, ibus, ace, ibus. And one more time. Blank is e, m, e. 
eis um, ibus eis ibus. Let's decline Caesar, and we can decline him in the plural too, as every emperor after Augustus was called Caesar, so there were certainly more than one. Caesar's genitive is Caesaris, so in this case, the imperial stem is the same as the dictator's nominative, Caesar. Nominative, Caesar verbs. Caesar. Genitive, of Caesar. Caesaris. Dative, to or for Caesar. Caesari. Accusative, verb Caesar, but be careful when doing so. Caesarem. Ablative, by, with, or from Caesar. Caesare. Nominative plural, the Caesars, the Caesars verb, and you bet they did. Caesaris. Genitive plural, of the Caesars. Caesarum. Dative plural, two or four of the Caesars. Caesaribus. Note the shift in accent from Cai to Sar. Why? The accent in Latin cannot stand farther away from the end of the word than third to the last, or antipenult. Accusative plural, verb the Caesars, Caesares. And finally, ablative plural, same as the dative, but meaning by, with, or from the Caesars, Caesaribus. In the next drill, you will hear a series of sentences in English in which the name of Caesar will appear. Your task is to assess how Caesar fits into the syntax of the English sentence and then translate Caesar into the corresponding Latin form. For example, if I were to say, Brutus stabbed Caesar, Caesar is the direct object of the verb stab, and in Latin the direct object must appear in the accusative case. The corresponding Latin form would thus be Caesarem. Just a quick disclaimer, the examples will refer to a variety of Caesars, not just Julius. Let's give it a try. Caesar ruled Rome. Subject of the verb, ruled, hence nominative, form, Caesar. Suetonius wrote graphic biographies of the Caesars, Caesarum, it was genitive, plural. The law that made adultery a crime against the state was proposed by Caesar, Caesare, by hence ablative. Provincial officials built many temples for the deified Caesars. Caesaribus, indirect object of the verb, hence dative. The Jews, and later the Christians, refused to worship the allegedly divine Caesars. Direct object of the verb, hence accusative, also plural, Caesaris. Render unto Caesar, unto, two or four. So indirect object, dative, Caesari. Render unto Caesar the, the, the things that are Caesar's. Okay, the things belong to Caesar, things of Caesar, shows possession, hence genitive, Caesaris. By the way, the Latin translation of the original Greek is within your Greek, within your Latin grasp. Rede Caesari, 
Quae sunt caeseris. Rede, render, is a singular imperative ending in E. You've already seen this form. Quae means which things, or those things, or the things which, or even the things that. And sunt, you should remember, so I'm not telling you. Rede, give a render, caesare, to, or unto Caesar, quae, the things that, sunt, okay, are, caesaris, Caesar's. Rede caesare, quae sunt caesaris. And with that, all of you, omnes amatores linguae latinae, all lovers of the Latin language, are free to go, so that you may learn Latin, ut linguam latinam discatis, and practice it on your own before we meet again. Gratias vobis ago, many thanks, and until we meet again, take care, so that you may be well. Curate ut valeatis.